What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Risk Valor. I'm your host, Alyssa, little fit, as some of you know me as. I'm here to empower other women to pursue what sets them on fire, and I'm so happy you're here. Be adaptable, be reckless, and we're about to send it. back y'all here we are episode two and i'm solo casting this one i've got some amazing women who are lined up for interviews with incredible stories and backgrounds that'll make you cry make you laugh inspire you is really what we're going for next week i've got my girl kendra she's a marine veteran and you don't want to miss the nuggets of information that she has super cool super stoked to have her on here today however i will be weighing in on some of the most commonly asked fitness questions specific to women this is always fun So question one, what is the best way to lose fat? And I know we've all asked this, men or women. So first off, weight loss is going to be that 80-20 rule. 80% being the nutrition, 20% being movement. And no, I'm not here to like test your math genius or give you an equation. So what that's basically telling you is that nutrition piece is going to weigh so heavily in comparison to your movement, but together is where you're going to find that that magic area of where you can lose weight. So the next question I would ask myself, or you should ask yourself, is where are you currently with your diet and movement? What is your mental and physical state? Are you ready to take this on? Do you already have enough lean body mass where you can do a caloric deficit? Because that's the next piece. You got to be in a caloric deficit to, you know, shred down or, you know, lose some of that weight. Because if you're consuming enough to keep you stable, If you're consuming way too much um, and you're not lifting heavy to kind of compensate for that, essentially, if you are burning more calories than you're consuming, you're going to lose weight just scientifically. So that question alone lets you know if you're ready to start on this weight loss journey. So you can't just jump into something, cut all your calories. That could be really unhealthy for you. You could not be, you know, mentally, emotionally prepared for that, physically prepared for the movement involved too. So just ask yourself where you're at and take that like gradual approach. So if you're looking for a shred and you're ready, get into that caloric deficit. What's the best way if you're new? You're gonna calculate your daily calorie intake for your lifestyle first. At least is what I recommend. So everything on here is something that I recommend. Please consult with you know your physician, your a nutritionist, your personal trainer, whoever you need to, to kind of figure out where you're at. I do have a free uh, cal- like calorie calculator on my website that you can access. There are some others as well if you just Google it. Um, And this is basically going to, you know, based on your lifestyle, how active you are, age, height, weight, all those things, it's going to calculate approximately what you should be consuming in a day to maintain, lose weight, or uh, even uh, what's it called? If you're trying to add some weight, it'll do that as well. So I have a calculator, like I said, if you want to check it out. And then once you get that number, you're going to figure out you know, based on your lean body mass and your body fat, you'll cut back on those calories and just do that little, again, everything's gradual. We don't want to just cut out like an entire meal. If you're in same thing, if you are doing meals already, let's say you're at three square meals a day, right? You're not going to just go down to one meal a day and just overload it. Likewise, if you're, you know, only eating three meals a day, you don't want to just up it to six meals because your body needs to adjust slowly. Like, so if you're at three, start at four for a couple of weeks and then add another one if you're trying to do it that way. Um, And so what you're going to do is you're going to cut usually around two to four weeks. Everyone's a little different, but you don't want to cut um, your calories if you are, you know, continuing to see 
a weight loss drop. So let's say, you know, you're losing about a pound a week and you cut, let's say, 100 calories off of, you know, your daily intake. Okay. So if you consistently are losing that, then you're going to wait till whatever week mark. Usually it's around week three or four, I would say. Then you're going to cut another, let's, let's just say 100. I'm just using these round numbers. And so you're going to readjust that every few weeks when you're, when you're seeing a change or when you're seeing a stability rather. So once you see that you're not losing any more weight and you've cut your calories, let's say it's week four and you're starting to see your weight stay stable, that's when it's your cue to, okay, let me reassess my diet and let me take another hundred calories off to continue losing weight. If you're happy with where you're at and how much weight loss you've done, keep the same calorie count because that is your maintenance calorie count at this point. It was your caloric deficit. Now that's your maintenance. So that's, that's kind of where your that starting point is. Um, so yeah, that's what the, and you know, like I was saying, if you're cutting calories or, you know, there's different ways to look at it. So are you counting your macros, you know, your proteins, carbs, and your fats? I highly recommend it. it's going to be the most accurate for you. Plus when you're creating your diet plan or going to your nutritionist or personal trainer, whoever it is, like they're able to really tailor down what you need. Cause some people can have a higher carb someone like me, I do better with carb cycling or less carbs, um, but I don't want to cut them out completely. Or let's say you don't want to do the macro counting thing that causes you too much stress because side note, stress is going to increase your cortisol, which is going to increase, you know, your fat. You're, you're not going to see fat loss because you're going to hold on to it when you're stressed. So that's just another piece. So whatever stresses you out less. So sometimes you could take a macro approach or you can do a physical approach. So they say like, okay, protein is the size of, um, you know, the palm of your hand. So Maybe your uh, calorie or your caloric deficit would be, okay, instead of an entire bagel, I'm just going to consume one half of it. So there's like your cut, you know, and it, it will be a little bit more involved than that. But if you're taking a physical approach, approach it that way. Um, and usually it's going to be, hey, let me, you know, down my carbs by 25 grams or, hey, half a bagel or one piece of toast instead of two, uh, maybe a little less on the oatmeal, whatever foods you're consuming, just figure out how you can tailor that and where you still reach you know, you're reaching your goals, you're seeing some weight loss, but you're also, you know, still have that energy. You're still able to sleep. You're not stressed. You're not, you know, you, you might be a little hangry or something, but that probably means you're not getting good enough foods and whole foods in your body to, you know, compensate for that. So, um, with, you know, your best way to lose weight loss, that's the nutrition piece. Of course, you're going to have to have some strength training and no, I mean, there's enough stuff out there now in the internet that you've seen that myth busted like, oh, you know, if I'm strength training, I'm just going to gain all this weight and I'm not trying to look manly or whatever it is. Like we already know that that's, you know, a bunch of bullshit. So strength training, basically training your muscles and doing some strength training doesn't mean you're freaking powerlifting. If you are doing that, great. Um, but what it's doing is that when you're burning fat or you're, you're burning calories, it's coming from fat and not from your muscle when you're strength training. That is the whole point of it. So what I would recommend is you do some HIIT training, like maybe two to three times a week in the morning or evening, whatever fits is, you know, do 15 minutes of high intensity interval training. What does that look like? You know, it could be anything. And what's beautiful about HIIT is you don't even need to go to a gym to do it. If you want to, if you want to get like some box jumps or box jumps action or, you know, something where you need some dumbbells, maybe you don't have that at home, you can implement strength with HIIT or you can do whatever you got at home. You got, you know water jugs, you got a freaking gallon, you got can, it doesn't matter what you got. You want to implement that. There's ways to do things at home, but just look up hit, do some quick hit. It could just be push-ups, pull-ups. It could be a push-up, sit-up. It could be like a 
jog in place or a mountain climber there. It's literally endless, but that 15 minutes will change your life. Um, just like you, if you add a 15 to 20 minute walk every single day, just around your neighborhood, or, um, if you make it a point at work to just do, you know, more walking, like adding that extra 15 minutes to your day will, you'll see like a, an increase in, um, your productivity, but also just your, those steps in that action that is movement how little it may seem 15 minute walk really does do good. And I do that. Um, so the next question is, you know, I'm, I'm making all these changes. I've changed my nutrition. I'm working out more. Like I'm doing all these things, but I'm not reaching my goals. So the first thing I always come off is, is, you know, how are you tracking your goals? Like, what are you doing right now to track those things? Is it a photo? Is it a number on the scale? Is it, you know, is it a check-in with your, your coach or something like that? So first off, I like to say like photo is the most like tried and true, um, way I would say uh, one of the you know biggest ones. It's like, yes, um, I can't, I don't, I'm not seeing any, you know, progress or this and that. And again, there could be other things hand in hand, but a photo I can see from, you know, before I had my kid when I was in college to when I was pregnant to postpartum to after pregnancy, trying to gain that back. And then going into bodybuilding mode, I look like my body looks completely different. I didn't even know what my capabilities were. And it's the most amazing thing to see. You know, I, I tell everyone that I talk to that my body looks better after I had my son than, you know, before I had a child. Cause you know, that was one of those curses that, <laughs> family put on you or friends like, Oh, just wait till you have children. And then I had a child and then my body looked freaking banging after because I worked my ass off or I guess not off completely. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, um, it's, it's all about what you're putting in. And those, if I didn't have that photo evidence, I like completely forgot what my body looked like beforehand because I'm so used to sitting in the one forties now, like 140 pounds, somewhere in there. Um, that I don't even remember what it was like to be 120 pounds. (laughs) Like I haven't been in the 120 pounds, not even competing, when I was in uh, my bikini competition, I think I weighed 133 on the stage. And then for my wellness in 2021, I weighed in at 144, 143, something like that. So, I mean, my body has been more muscle mass. There's been more to it. And again, it all depends on what you're trying to go for. So going back to your goals, is it that photo? I highly recommend just taking photos. If you need to do like a Monday morning thing or a Friday, or you want to do weigh in Wednesday, whatever works for you, whether you have a coach or not. Do it for yourself. If you can add a little note or you can just swipe up, see the time or the date that you took it, you'll see it's going to take time. Patience is so freaking important. It's something that, you know, I've had to work on a lot because patience is not one of my fortes, not something I'm very good at, but it's something that's going to help you. So if you're one of those people who said, yes, I'm already tracking, um, then obviously that, that tracking needs a tweak or maybe you made a massive change in your calories on a too fast of a, too fast of a pace usually that's going to be a little bit more rare. But um, so another thing is just like have those goals really solidified in your mind or out loud. You know, so when I was 19 years old, that's when I was in college, a freshman in college. And um, I actually, that's the first time I really remember tracking goals. I wrote them on a eight and a half by 11 piece of construction paper. And I posted it in my dorm room and everyone like, you know, my roommate and everything was just like, what the heck does any of that stuff mean? Like it didn't matter. It was like, I wanted to max out on my PT test for the army. I wanted to go to airborne school. I wanted to do all these things. And the fact that I saw it every single day, anytime I went to bed, it was posted right above my bed. I would see it every day. And it got to the point where I actually checked off every single thing that I wanted to accomplish that year. 
And it's something like whether you want to call it manifestation or just seeing those things daily, like it makes a huge difference when you actually have something solid you're working towards. So is again, is that a number on the scale? Is it just aesthetics? Is it living healthier and being healthier? It just depends on what that is. But put it into existence, take your photos. Um, and then also if you, it is a weight, just remember weight can be a very tricky thing. Um, it's not necessarily, I don't say it's like the first thing I would go to. Yes, I still weigh myself. I have a scale in my bathroom, but are you doing it at the right time? In the morning when you've already gone number two, let's say, that's the best time to weigh yourself. So when you first wake up, you already gone to the bathroom, you haven't eaten anything yet, weigh yourself. That is the best time to get a perfect weight. If you're going to weigh yourself in the evening when you've already had however many meals you've had or worked out or didn't work out, it's not going to be an accurate depiction of, you know, your, your state as you are in, in that moment. So implement some of those things and you'll probably see some difference there. But again, put that into existence, figure out what your real goals are and um, just write them out. Take your photos. Like it's okay. It's okay to have photos on your phone of yourself. Put in a little private you know, photo album. Who cares? It's for you at the end of the day. So that kind of ties into my next question. What should I be eating? And this is such a, um, not a weird question, but it's so unique to everyone. At, much like most of these questions, it's always gonna be like, everyone's different. Every body is different. Like, and that is in, in, very true. And in my experience, in my, um, in my opinion, again, as soon as someone says you can't eat something or only eat things off of this list or, you know, these are your superfoods. I actually read a book recently about, you know, different toxic foods that you think are healthy, like spinach. I don't even eat spinach anymore. So now I'm eating different kind of cruciferous vegetables. There's always going to be new information out there. There's always going to be conflicting um, influencers, trainers, professionals that tell you different things. I have doctors who are I've had doctors who are like severely overweight and they're telling me how to live a healthier lifestyle that my blood is this or my blood is that. And I'm like, well, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Like, you know, it's not bad to have, um, you know, certain things in your body if the, if the levels are correct, there's a lot of science behind some of that stuff. So when it gets to like, what are you eating? Um, I think when you restrict yourself that much right off the bat or in general, um, it's going to lead to more failed compliance. And the key at the end of the day is going to be your, your pattern of diet or your pattern of nutrition. I like to say diet is a very weird word. I would say just nutrition because you don't want to be tell yourself you're on this diet. If it's a long-term thing, if it's, if it's a short-term thing, yeah, we can call it a diet. If you're just trying to shred for a wedding, shred for the beach, and then you want to go back to doing whatever you were doing, like, cool, diet your ass off, you know, but if you're looking for long-term health, a balanced diet, even on your off or cheat meals days. I don't like to say meal day or cheat days. Um, that's what's going to make the biggest difference. So, um, when I said you don't want to just binge or eat a cheat day instead of a cheat meal or overconsume alcohol, cause there's a lot of calories in there and sugars and all these other things that's going to completely wipe out any progress that you had. Um, when it comes to a cheat meal, what that might look like would be okay. Like when I was competing, my cheat meal would be like, okay, a burger, I would double on fries or sometimes it'd just be, I'm going to eat my normal protein. So it's like grilled chicken or turkey, but then I'll have again, like fries on the side or a, a cookie or a donut or something as like that sweet piece. Like that's my cheat, but it's not to the point where I now can't eat the rest of my meals because I've consumed or over consumed my calories for the day. And again, you're just going backwards. So it's being very in tune. It's being um, intentional with what you're doing. Uh, and so that you're able to comply in a way that you're not like completely restricting yourself 
um, in that aspect. But there's another piece where it's, you know, you see everywhere that it's like, you shouldn't ever have to not consume something, you know, oh, you can never have pizza again, or don't, you know, eat lactose. I try to stay away from like cheese and like dairy products in general, but it doesn't mean I don't like slam some pizza sometimes, you know what I mean? Again, it's balanced, but how often am I doing that? Not often. (laughs) That's, that's the answer. Um, but I also don't like, uh, and again, this is my personal opinion. Some people would disagree with me. I don't um, condone or I don't push people when they come to me for nutrition or personal training or anything to just eat whatever they want if it fits their calories. I know that there's some people that, you know, professionals that would say that's completely fine. And yes, maybe it is. I'm not a doctor, scientist, magician, whatever you want to call it. However, I think if you're feeding your body stuff that's not fuel, if you're you maybe you even look great on the outside and you're eating freaking donuts and pizza, but it fits your calorie like every single day, that's great. But what's it doing to your insides? Again, I am more on increasing that longevity, increasing health, because nowadays we're in society where foods, even when they're labeled as healthy, have all these mystery ingredients on there. So get used to reading nutrition labels. Um sodium, the sugars, the different names for sugars. And this could be a whole nother podcast episode because some of this stuff is so crazy and wild out there that gets approved and, oh, it's healthy and slapped and all, oh, it's organic or it's, it's gluten-free, but then there's all this other crap in it that's just filling these empty calories. So I'm not really a big proponent on the eat whatever you want if it fits your calorie. That's not, that is not what I recommend to people that are coming to me for help. So again, it's up to you and to the professionals you're working with. But if you ever have questions about it and you are working with a professional, just bring that up, especially if longevity and health and wellness is your overall goal. Living a long life, I'm trying to live long enough, you know, to see my my child grow up and have his kids and all things like that. So I'm not trying to end that by, you know, eating like a dumpster truck, because if you're eating like a dumpster, the insides are probably reflecting a landfill. I don't know. That was a really great analogy. So bravo to me. <laughs> okay. And another question. And the last question that I want to address is cellulite. Like, how do I get rid of it? Um, you know, why do I have it? And you know, that's that cellulite is just that fat pushing against some other tissue. So that's what that is. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, some people like, you know, learn to like it. Cause, you know, I got a little cellulite in my thighs and hips and I'm like, you know what? That's cool. Like I gave birth. I'm eating normal. I'm still lifting heavy, but I'm not like, you know, cringing about it or anything like that. Some of it's going to be a healthy level, but I I will break your heart a little bit by telling you that you cannot lose fat from like a specific area of your body. You can't just be like, okay, thighs, action, lose the fat from there. I'm just going to do some leg stuff and thigh crunches and whatever. And I'm just going to lose only the fat from there. And I'm going to keep my arms if they're super toned. Like they're just, it's not going to come from there. It's not going to come from whatever. Like that's just not possible. So to my beautiful ladies out there that are using those slimming wraps, waist trainers, slimity trimity doodahs, whatever they're calling it now. Um, yeah, there's, it's a temporary slimming effect, but scientifically you can't choose where the fat on your body is, is falling off from. So yes, you may be increasing your sweat, which is obviously you're going to, you're squeezing the shit out of a certain area, whether it's on your thighs. I've seen the thigh ones. I've seen your waist trainers. Um, but the pounds lost in that way are usually 99% from excess water weight. So that increased sweat may be happening, but that weight loss is, um, is surely and likely to return. Um, so that's, if you're getting frustrated and you've tried that method, um, that is why you're not 
just just because you put a trainer on a certain body, a waist trainer, slimming, whatever the heck you want to call it, doesn't mean your body is like, oh, there's a waist trainer on my thigh. Now I must lose the weight only from that area. Like, no, again, it's a temporary slimming effect. So when you see um, the people using it, like, yes, you'd be like, well, Alyssa, I've seen you with a waist trainer on. Yeah, the only time I've ever used a waist trainer was when my body fat was so low um, right before I got on stage that I was trying to increase that water, you know, outtake, trying to get the rest of the water out of my body during steady state cardio, which again, is not something that I recommend to lose weight. Again, this is like when your body fat is so low already, all you have left to lose is water because there's literally nothing left and whatever fat you can lose, you're just, you're just going to keep having it peel off. So if you're already, you know, at a state where you your body fat is really low, it'll, you know, do a little bit more, it benefit you more than, than not. And it's not going to ruin your organs or any crazy myth that's out there, but Again, it's really for people with low body fat already. Um, and again, just my opinion. I'm sure you'll see other people marketing it otherwise because at the end of the day, the world comes down to money, right? So that's how they sell you on that is they sell you this dream and deliver this nightmare. So that's just my two cents on that. Um, so again, competitors wearing it and it's just crazy, but it's their body fat's so low. And I just keep thinking about that because I'm like, yeah, when I was wearing it, it was like, it was, it was tight. It felt a little uncomfortable, but again, my body fat was so low that it was just, it, it would just fall off. But long story short with the cellulite, you, you, the moral of the story is that again, it's movement. It's overall eating well, because if that's, if you want to change your body composition, which is going to change your, your cellulite and maybe, you know, what that looks like. It's again, it's the entire package. It is everything all together. So last question is how often should I work out? What does your schedule allow? Number one, you know, like what does your schedule allow without you having to sacrifice like all the time with your family or more importantly, the quality amount of sleep that you get. And like I said, you're not trying to increase your cortisol and your stress. And then you're just maintaining this weight by trying to get yourself, you know, hours worth of, you know, whatever you're trying to do in the gym or at home, wherever it is. Um, it's not about the time they spend in there. It's like, what works? Three or four times a week, perfectly fine. You go in there for 45 minutes and you absolutely crush it, you're going to do great. And again, you're going to see professionals, influencers telling you conflicting things on this and any other question because that's what we're here for, to weigh in on our own opinions, weigh in on the clientele we've had, weigh in on you know, what we've already been through. So are they wrong? No, I wouldn't say necessarily. We're just all different. And we all have different goals. So again, is it health? Is it just aesthetics? Neither are wrong. It's just they're going to, you know, it's going to mean something different for you. So number one, figure out your schedule. If that's three or four times a week, like I said, for 45 minutes. And that's actually currently what I'm doing. You know, competing, you'd see me in the gym six times a week. Right now, my career has taken a lot more time. I'm doing other things on the side. I have my son in his own activities. So now, you know, I'm putting more, you know, with competing. I was like, I took less from him or he had less time to do activities. So now we're focusing on that, focusing on him having play dates and friends and all things like that. So three to four times a week, and then I'll still go on a run while he rides his bike. You know what I mean? So it's just different. It's how you're able to work into your schedule that works for yourself and everyone in your family, your friends. Um, and that's fine. Again, consistency over time and with meals and patience, that's that's the tell-all. That is the, the secret sauce because there is absolutely no magic to this process. What it is and what I always say is it's, it's, you learn something, 
whether it's from a trainer, from this podcast, maybe from the internet, whatever it is you learn, you're going to implement by actioning those things and you're going to track it. So that's bottom line, learn, implement, action, track. All right. And so that kind of covers some of the most commonly asked questions. There's always more. So please don't, you know, hesitate to DM me on one of my pages um, at Little Fit Patriot or Risk Valor is probably the best option so that, you know, it goes directly to my podcast page so that I can, you know, kind of organize it that way. But let me know your questions. If I didn't hit one or if you have a maybe a follow up question to something I said or a disagree, I'd like people that disagree too. that opens up, a you know, a window for conversation and uh, or email me at Alyssa at littlefitpatriot.com. And I would love to get back to you or be able to touch on that in maybe another podcast episode. So with that being said, I do have a free 21 day habit challenge on my website. And what that's going to include is not only a goal setting sheet, but it'll have 21 days of workouts where, you know, you're going to implement some different things. And basically the whole thing is I'm sure you heard 21, it takes 21 days to build a habit. So the whole purpose behind that program is to get you jump started. So it's not just giving you this full on program right away. It's going to be a little difficult. So there's ways to, you know, change that up or lower the numbers or whatever you got to do to kind of make it work for you. But if you can stick to something for 21 days, you have a clear goal, you're taking photos, everything's included in there for free. Like I said, you don't have to subscribe, nothing like that. Although I would absolutely love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel that I'll be uploading to. I'm still working out the kinks for that. Uh, My website, uh, email, things like that. If you subscribe, that'd be great. So when I push anything out, you'll be the first to get it. And um, this, this challenge is awesome. So if you do take part in it, if you like it, please let me know what you think. Um, post when you're at a gym, tag me in it. I'd love to repost you. And you know, that's, it's just a good little place to start where you can get a different insight into it and, you know, jumpstart that habit. Because again, consistency is going to be absolutely key. So to close out for today, um, please tune in for next week. I will have Kendra on from Florida. So it'll be the first interview across, you know, state lines, which would be super awesome. You do not want to miss it. And I appreciate everyone who has taken the time to listen to my podcast. Listen to what I got to say. Again, I'm pushing out information out there. I'm here to entertain. I'm here to inspire, but I'm here for y'all because sometimes, you know, we just need that accountability partner. So I suggest you get accountability partner. If you need it to be me sometimes, then tune in weekly. I'll always have some new information for y'all. Not always fitness related, but fitness family faith. That's what I got going on here. So I appreciate y'all. Again, thank you for tuning into Risk Valor. I'm a little patriot, Alyssa, whatever you want to call me, and I'm out.